Welcome to Table Talk once again, everyone. I'm so glad to be with you here this evening. And I am Yvette Gallinar, your host on this segment. I have my very dear friend, super excited to have her back with me, Carrie Seaholm. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome once again. Uh, I had Carrie, I would say like maybe three, four months ago, give or take. I don't know. My months have been kind of like getting all combobulated lately. So I'm not 100% sure if it was about three or four months ago. But it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had Carrie on. And um, if you did not get an opportunity to check that out, we had a phenomenal um, table talk segment. And I have to say, I've gotten a lot of people, a lot of feedback. A lot of people have been messaging me back, wanting to know about your book. But before we go there, I want to introduce you properly. So allow me to do that for a moment. Carrie is a dear friend. And Carrie is actually the sister of Minister Victor Rivera, who uh, was one of the ministers at Word of Faith Global Ministries that we love very, very, very much. And of course, Sandra, his wife, and uh, Victor, Brother Victor, went to be with the Lord just a few years, a couple years back already. And we miss him very dearly, very, very dearly. Um, but Carrie is his sister. And uh, Carrie is the author, I have the book here with me, of The Name Changer. If you have not had the opportunity, I feel like Vanna, if you have not had the opportunity to get Carrie's book, please do so. She'll share a little bit about where you can get this book, but this is a phenomenal book. It's The Name Changer, How to Heal from the Devastation of Divorce. And Carrie can talk to that. And that was actually what we discussed in our last segment of Table Talk. She is a licensed clinical social worker who provides mental health counseling to individuals and families. Uh, her specialty is divorce recovery, specifically Christian divorce recovery. She's also an entrepreneur. And I have to say, I have to announce this because this is very recent. She was recently uh, the recipient of the, let me get this right, Latino Leadership Award for her business. So I am super <laughs> proud of you. Super, super proud of you. And I know that Victor would be proud of you as well. So well, big honor, definitely honor. I'm sure. I'm sure. Was that uh, about a month ago, or was that recent? It was about two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Congratulations. I'm sure. Thank that, you. I'm sure it was very touching. Yes, especially it was on my mother's birthday oh. um, that I received that award, and my mother has been my greatest inspiration of strength and perseverance. She's been my greatest example of of that, and uh, to receive that award on her birthday was so significant. Oh. You know, our moms are usually our biggest cheerleaders. Isn't that the truth? Yes. That's, that's how my mom is. She's she's always cheering me on. So, well, congratulations, um, Carrie, on that. Well, like I said, the last time that uh, you were on the show, we talked about your book uh, at length um, and the topic of divorce. And uh, you can go back to our website at wordoffaithglobal.org or you could go to your, our YouTube channel, uh, where you may be watching this here, but you can go back and take a look at that segment. Um, it was really, really a good segment. But today, we're going to be discussing something different on the flip side of that, if you will. 
we're going to be talking about how to divorce proof our marriages. And um, I think that this topic is not just for married couples. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's this topic um, transcends to, to all of our relationships. We can use some of these um, reference points to see how we interact and interface with others too. Right. right. Absolutely. And, uh, and also if you're dating, so you know what, what to do and what not to do, you know, and, and to see the red flags too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that we can get as much information in as possible today. If for any reason we can't, we could always do a part two on that. Um, but I know that you have actually presented this as a seminar uh, in a in a church uh, setting as well. And so I look forward to having you at our church um, one of these days to to do something very similar. So but I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that you discuss. Um, I know that in um, the seminar that you were at, you were talking about specifically about a study that was uh, done on marital stability from the Gottman Institute, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. And uh, how the outcome of the, that research was, I want to get this right. There are seven factors that can predict with a 94% accuracy, whether a couple would get divorced. Correct. Wow. Mm -hmm. When I read that, I thought that's astounding for, for this research to take place and for them to, you know, predict with such incredible accuracy. So can you elaborate a little bit more on that for us? Absolutely. Um, the Gottmans, they very well-known researchers um, in the field of relationships. They did a 40-year, which is the longest longitudinal study of uh, relationships ever done. Um, so they interviewed 3,000, over 3,000 couples over the span of 40 years. So they checked in on them in the beginning of the study. And then a couple of years later, would check in on them again. And based on observation alone, they were able to predict with a 94% accuracy if they would be divorced. And that's incredible because so many of our traits within human behavior, they're they're copied. Every, everybody, you know, we, we react in certain ways toward one another. And if we can see and we can identify some of the things that we're doing right. that's negatively, negatively impacting the relationship, we can make the necessary changes. And if we can also learn on how to do things right, we can implement the positive as well. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about um, specifically with regards to that, you talk about um, how a married couple can, uh, could avoid the four horsemen. And that's kind of like an, an interesting phrase. So you want to talk a little bit more about that? They talk about, so they divided the couples into two categories, the master couple and the disaster couple. Okay. The master couple had all seven of the healthy principles, which we will get into later if we have the time. Right. Then there's the disaster couple. Okay. which is the ones who would end in divorce. And they shared many of the qualities, which uh, they titled the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which as Christians, we know <laughs> that that is never a good term. It signifies the end. And so they 
titled it the four horsemen of the apocalypse in regards to a relationship these four things will kill a marriage wow wow okay well let can we get right into those because i mean honestly it's one of those situations where i've been okay let me let me let me tell you a little bit about me i've been married for 37 years been walking with the lord together with my husband at the because we got saved the same day wow seven years that's so beautiful it is it's a beautiful thing we got married in february and on a resurrection sunday that same year which was just a few months later we gave our lives to the lord same exact service we got baptized the same at the same time so we have been married 37 years however it hasn't been a bed of roses and (laughs) you know i mean truth be told i I can't say it's been a, you know, a movie of one of those romantic movies. I mean, that's not life, right? When you look at at those romantic movies and all this kind of stuff. So, but we, but we've learned so much in our, in our years together, um, you know, how to communicate, how to not communicate. I mean, there's just so many things that we've learned in 37 years. And oh, by the way, we've been, we were dating before getting married or going out or however you want to call it steady for about three and a half years before we got married so we've been together for a long time but why I say that is because there's always something new we can learn I don't Mm -hmm. care how long you've been married there's something always that you can learn something more something that you can better your marriage better your communication better your relationship would you agree with that? Absolutely. And, you know, it, I would be interested because you've been married for so long to see how many of the checkboxes you can check off on the seven yeah. healthy principles, because I'm sure you're checking off all of them because it takes work to have a good, strong, healthy marriage. Gosh. It's not ever going to be perfect. That's why the vows are for good, for bad, for rich and poor, because there will be highs, there will be lows, but the, the, the key factor, and this is after many years of, of marriage counseling, I could narrow it down to one simple key, is what is the motivation toward your spouse? Mm. How do you interact with your spouse? Is it from a place of love? And are you motivated by love, by sacrifice? Or are you motivated by selfishness and manipulation? Wow. If that is really the key. Um, and it's not talked about in the study, but it's something that I've been able to identify in, in the years of my of my clinical practice, uh, working with couples. I can pretty clearly see when I see a couple come into my office and they um, are coming in for couples counseling, I can identify from the first session whether or not they're going to make it. And it's really based on the motivation of the spouse. Wow. Mm-hmm. It takes two. It takes three to be in a relationship a marriage relationship, husband, wife, and God. Oh yeah. And if we are not surrendered, if we don't look at the marriage as, um, what can I do for my spouse? How can I show love? Because what is the definition of love? Mm. Sacrifice. Wow. It's not, um, the, the goosebumps. It's not the good feeling. It's not that chemical attraction. It's not the lust it's sacrifice. So, it's pretty, it's pretty evident. So if you, if you can honestly say, I know my spouse has my best interests at heart, 
you're in a really good place. Wow. Even no matter what is coming your way, as long as you can say, and you know for a fact, your spouse has your best interests at heart, and I have my spouse's best interests at heart, you can overcome anything as a couple with Christ, of course. Wow. You know, it's interesting because on a side note, this this really does help me also because I think I mentioned you before that to you before that my husband and I have counseled so many couples throughout the our ministerial years, right? And to God be the glory, there uh, I mean the majority, the good majority of those couples that we've counseled. And not honestly, it's not to pat ourselves in the back. It's just knowing that. Um, we did our very best to give them the, you know, the, the guidance of the Lord, the wisdom from the Lord. Um, but many of them have stayed together, but by you saying what you just said, it's interesting because there have been episodes of where we have sat down with a couple and the very first, you know, uh, meeting has been one of those that hits you right in the face and you go, Oh mm -hmm. my goodness what do we do with this to help it survive? So that really does help. So you're saying to kind of re reiterate everything you just said, you're saying that when, when, a, when a couple comes from a good place, comes from a place of love, comes from a place of sacrifice, that that is the first step to being able to overcome some of the obstacles that yes right yes because we enter we enter into our marriages with our own history with our own perspective with our own worldview with the way that we process information right so many times couples you know when when they're living together and you know the challenges of life and yeah and the way that they um interface with problems and how they deal and process problems too um it's there it's different i mean it's they're different. We're all individuals. But if you can take the time to try to understand where your spouse is coming from right. and make the necessary adjustments, um, it could be something as simple as, I mean, the majority of marital problems come from something as basic as communication. Correct. Communication is because we, you know, sometimes people shut down or they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to put their uh, feelings into words. They um, are more of an introvert where they process internally. And then you have another one who's more of an extrovert that they're talking, 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 and there's a disconnect there and it creates tons of frustration. That's a huge issue in marriage counseling. But if the couple is willing to, to come together and talk through it and in a spirit of love and sacrifice, then there is a lot of hope for that situation. But when you have someone who is entrenched in their position and they feel like they are right and they use manipulative tactics to get what they want. Um, it is very difficult, if not impossible to get through to that person because they're, they're just, they're just unwilling. They're being dragged to counseling because of fear of the split of the union, not because they genuinely want to look in the mirror and make the necessary adjustments. That is so true. So how, how can, how can you help somebody that is coming to you? And maybe, maybe this is something that you're going to be discussing. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, a couple that, that comes to you and say an example, usually, and correct me if I'm wrong, usually the wife is okay with going to therapy 
the husband is not. I've seen both. I've seen both. Yeah. So I was going to say maybe the majority of the time, not always, but I understand what you mean. You've seen both, but um, you've got, you've got that, right? So one party wants to work it out. The other party is like, yeah, I'm here because I know that she or he is wrong all the time kind of thing. How, how do you help somebody put a mirror to their face so that they can realize, okay, you know, it's, it's your decision. You're the one that's going to need to make some changes. So how difficult is that for you? as a psychologist? Um, as a therapist, my role is not to change people. I can't change them. All that I can do is give them guidance and um, help them understand the reasons for their behavior and how to make the appropriate changes and teach them a better way. I can only give guidance. So you cannot force people. God himself doesn't force people. No. We can't force people. But so let's say you... Um, in, a, in a therapy session, I have a couple that comes in. One is one understands that there is problems in the marriage. The other one feels, you know, they're just being dragged along. As a as a therapist, it's it's my responsibility to listen to both, right. to be objective, not to take sides, to listen to both, and to um, confront as necessary. I have to I have to be that mirror. And um, whether or not they receive it, they may not receive it right then and there because the majority of therapy happens in between sessions when people have had time to process, to think, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. put into place the suggestions that are given. Sure. So if they're still willing, we can still continue the process, but I'm very upfront with my clients from uh, the beginning. And I tell them, this is going to be a difficult process. And you both have to be have to be vested in this process. If you are not vested in this process, this is not going to work. Yeah. And it's going to be a waste of your time and my time and your money. Yeah. So if you're coming into therapy, it's because we're you are ready to put in the work that it's going to take to make this marriage thrive. And it's going to be uncomfortable at times for for you because things will be brought to light that are is not comfortable. Therapy is not meant to be comfortable. Right. therapy you're you're going to therapy because you're there for a reason you want to make the necessary changes to make your life better so that you can interact with people in a better way to gain some insight into how you affect others and how others affect you right so it's never a comfortable process right and this has to help uh i'm glad you mentioned that because this this helps if anyone is out there listening to this and your marriage is going through maybe a rocky start or process or phase or season. And you're thinking about going to see therapy and, and see a therapist uh, to help your marriage along. You can now understand the um, aspect of what a therapist does in a counseling session, because a lot of times the unknown is what is scary for a married couples. Wouldn't you agree? So they don't know, Absolutely. oh my gosh, yeah, it's now, you know, it's going to be all me. It's going to be all him or, you know what I mean? It's going to be, you know, so our fault or it's, and then you have that almost like a uh, shadow of, oh, my marriage is going to have to go through therapy kind of thing too. So this gives a better, a little bit, I think, of a better understanding as to what the process is. And it's not really a terrible process. It's actually a good process because it will help you along 
in your marriage mm-hmm. and to get over you, some of the things you're going through. You learn so much about yourself yeah. going through a therapeutic process. You yeah. learn um, the things that are inside of you that have affected the way that you have your reactions. What, you know, sometimes we, we go through life and, and we think to ourselves, why does that bother me so much? Why am I reacting so strongly to this? Or um, what am I afraid of? Yeah. And we get to the to the root of those issues and uncover them and work through them and put our feelings into words and understand why, you know, for example, somebody who has really bad anger, anger problems, it could just be something as simple as a frustration because they're not, they don't feel like they're being hurt. And that happens a lot in marriages. Um, partners talk over the other and, you know, there's resentment bills, frustration bills, and being able to kind of break through all of that and having a neutral person who is objective um, point out some of those things that can aid the communication, that can that can help you um, start regaining those um, that that intimacy and that trust again with your partner, because when we're hurt and when we um, we we feel frustrated or let down, we start to lose hope in the relationship. But it takes a really strong person to identify. I can't fix this on my own. I don't have the tools to fix this on my own. I need to hire somebody to help me work this out because therapy costs a lot less and is a lot more emotionally beneficial than divorce. Yes. Divorce is absolutely devastating. And for so many people it can be completely avoidable. Yeah. I agree completely with that. There are so many marriages that have, you know, died and have people have, have gone through the, through a divorce. And in reality, they could have just gone through some therapy sessions and they would have made it without Mm -hmm. any problems whatsoever. Yeah. It may seem while you're in it, that it is, that there's no hope, but in reality, there is, there's hope. So I'm, I'm glad you covered that. So let's go ahead and talk about these very interesting four horsemen. Go ahead. So the four horsemen of the apocalypse as it relates to marriage. Um, So before I get to that, I do want to talk a little bit about some of the physical differences between the disaster couple and the master couple. Okay. So the, so being in a good, healthy relationship is actually healthier than exercising every day. Okay. Believe it or not, because being in an unhealthy relationship causes stress Mm -hmm. and stress over time deteriorates the body couple, the disaster couples lived eight to 10 years less than the um, master couples. Wow. They also experienced more stress, more illness. They would um, get very overwhelmed when talking to their partner, resulting in uh, flight, fight, or freeze mode. The children were also severely affected. One of the greatest contributors to children's poor outcomes is conflict in the house. Yes. So divorce does impact children, but even more than divorce, conflict. That has that is the single greatest predictor of poor outcomes in children is conflict in the home. So these disaster couples that were not uh, working well together and the children are now in this environment and they're 
witness to it. And we think, oh, they don't know. The kids don't know. Yes, they do. Oh, yes, yeah. they do. Um, and it results in poor outcomes for them. So as parents, that's also a good motivator to um, really work on the marriage and uh, so that our children can have a good a good example of what marriage is. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to the four horsemen, the first one um, is criticism. That is one of the worst things that you can do to your spouse. Yeah. Um, a criticism is different than a complaint. So criticism, a complaint is dealing with specific issues. A criticism is constantly deriding your partner's character. So, uh, so let's give an example of what that is. So a complaint would be, I was scared when you were running late and you didn't call me. I thought we had agreed that we would do that for each other. That is a reasonable request. It's a, it's a, it's a complaint, but it's really a request. Mm. Oh my goodness. I was, I was afraid. Why didn't you call me? I was scared that something happened to you. Yeah. A criticism. Here's you can, and now you can hear the difference, same right. situation, but now through a critical perspective. You never think about how your behavior is affecting other people. I can't believe you're so forgetful. You're just so selfish. You never think about anybody else. You never think of me. Wow. Very different. And both are coming from a place of, of fear and wanting to make sure that other person is okay. But the criticism is attacking that their spouse's character. Sure. So just because you're critical of each other, don't assume that your relationship is doomed to fail. You can make the necessary corrections. Yeah. And instead of uh, criticizing um, your spouse and you know being having a, a critical tone, think about expressing yourself in I statements. I was I was scared that you did, I was scared something happened to you. Can you please make sure to call me next time? Right. Or um, I was really bothered when this happened. Things like that. Like you, you express I statements. You don't, you, 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 you. There's a big difference between an I statement and a you statement. Yes. Um, I had a, I had a couple in here recently. I think it was yesterday um, that um, something as simple as the, their daughter not getting juice because mom does not like daughter to get juice. Understandable, mm -hmm. reasonable things, a little girl. And uh, you're always giving her juice. I've always told you not to do that. You're so, uh, you're doing, you're being sneaky instead of, I would prefer that she didn't have juice because I'm, I'm concerned about her sugar intake. Very different sounding, but it comes from the same place. Yeah. So we really have to monitor our tone and the way that we um, express our concerns to our spouse, that we're not being critical. Yeah. Okay. So on the same vein of criticism, continuous criticism turns into contempt and contempt is absolutely lethal. This is the lethal dose right here. Wow. Um, we're actually being disrespectful and mean and sarcastic and mocking our spouse. Wow. Eye rolls and disdain for what they have to say, disrespect when they express a concern. And really that makes our spouse feel unimportant and worthless. Um, and you're assuming a moral response, a moral superiority over them. Like you're better, like what you have to think is better than what they're thinking. Yeah. So 
another example of this. Husband, I mean, and, and I'm using, you know, traditional husband and wife roles. This is not um, just this, but there, it, it goes further than this. Okay. So husband comes, husband comes home tired and he says, oh my goodness, I've had such a long day. I'm really tired. Wife has been home with the kids and her response is, oh, you're so tired? Cry me a river. I've been home with these kids all day. You just come in and, and plop yourself on the sofa and expect me to be your maid. Contempt. That is a perfect example of contempt. The husband expressed a concern. Uh, and he's he's tired. He's he's worked a hard day. Just because he's tired doesn't mean that she's not tired. But right. she's take she's taken that that critical attitude to level 10 and is now right. just not even listening to what he says anymore and is being contemptuous in her behavior. Wow. So contempt is fueled by long simmering negative thoughts about your partner. Mm. We have to be careful right. how we're thinking about our spouse. Right. We have to be careful. Um, we have to walk in purity of heart toward our spouse. Yeah. We have to walk in forgiveness toward our spouse. Yeah. So what is purity of heart? Purity of heart is when a negative thought comes about our spouse, we don't simmer on those thoughts. We don't continue to let them play out. We instead pray for our spouse. Mm. We instead speak life over our spouse. Mm. We're not continuing to deride them, to criticize them, but we're speaking words of life over them. Yeah. Um, and as, as, um, as a partner, you know, men have a responsibility and so, so do women. We each have a responsibility toward the other yeah. to lift each other up, to have each other's best interests at heart. Right. And when we're showing contempt, we're showing that we don't trust them, that we don't believe in them, that we don't respect them. Wow. And it is contempt is the single greatest predictor of divorce contempt. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. I think it's, it's almost like having to take your every thought captive. Like the Bible says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And you have to think before you speak. And that absolutely, that obviously, you know, goes in line with communication and all that. But it's like you said, you know, if, if you're going from number one, which is criticism and, you know, you haven't gotten past that and then it turns into contempt I mean, you gotta you gotta try to catch it at criticism, for mm -hmm. obviously. But you know, this is this is a call for anyone out there that it maybe is going through something very similar. And you know, as as Christians, right? We're supposed to think before we speak. We're supposed to act in love, and we're supposed to yes, take every thought captive. I'm not saying it's an easy easy thing to do every single moment of the day and every time obviously that you're around your spouse and something pops up and you know you get offended or you get angry or you get mad or whatever the case may be, but my goodness, it's got to be on top of our radar. That's that's what working in a marriage is. Right. That's, that's what and, in that Absolutely. And in that example of the husband coming home after a long day and the wife being, you know, she, she felt run down because of the responsibilities of the day. You know, if she would, if the wife at that moment would have had a moment of gratitude and said, and, and instead of getting defensive and contemptuous, yeah. 
you know, said, Lord, thank you for my husband providing for us so that I have this blessing of staying home here with the children. I, and, and having an attitude of gratitude toward their significant other, that is, that is the antidote to contempt is having gratitude. And the husband, oh, I'm so grateful for my wife. Thank you, darling, for all that you do to keep the house running. Yes. So that we have to, we have to be grateful for each other. Yeah. and 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 express that gratitude and and lift each other up that's yeah. really key it's it's very important you know cuz the way that our spouse speaks of us is almost the way we view ourselves right their opinion is the one that matters the most out of anyone that's so true it's how they see us yeah. so when we don't feel valued and treasured by our spouse and that goes both ways yes that that creates the next one, which I'm going to talk about, which is defensiveness. Oof. And when you, when you're constantly being bombarded, you get defensive. Now you start making excuses for things that you should have taken accountability for. Right. And accountability is the antidote to defensiveness. So um, defensiveness is typically a response to criticism. We've all experienced defensiveness. All of us have felt attacked and our walls go up, we get very guarded. Um, and we, you know, might play the victim or that we're innocent in the situation. That is never uh, a successful strategy. We have to take responsibility for ourselves. We cannot make excuses because when we make excuses, what are we telling our partner? Well, you know, your needs really didn't matter. Your concerns are not a big deal. And um, I'm not going to be responsible for my own mistakes. So here's a perfect example. Hey, did you call Ralph and Betty to let them know that we weren't coming to, to dinner tonight as you promised? That is the question by one spouse. A defensive response is, I was just too busy today. As a matter of fact, you know how busy I was. Why didn't you just do it? What would be an appropriate response? You know what? I totally forgot. I was completely busy today. I'm so sorry. I'm going to call them right now. I mean, the action is still the same. You still forgot to call Ralph and Betty, but you take responsibility and you, and you, and you make it work. You don't, you don't just sit there making excuses and then putting the fault on, on your, on the other person. Right. Yeah. So we need to take responsibility. So if we are in the wrong, accept that you're in the wrong, <laughs> apologize, make it right. Don't get stuck in your position. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Dr. Phil for so <laughs> many reasons, but he does have a saying um, that I, that I think, that I think rings true. You can be right or you can be happy. Hmm. I mean, that's, that is right. You know, we could get so stuck in our position that it just brings misery all around yeah. us instead of just taking responsibility. And and even if, you know what, maybe, you know, sometimes we're crispy around the edges. Yes. We're a little bit moody. We've had a rough day right. and things are not going right. Having grace for your spouse. Oh my goodness. I mean, what what person when they're having a rough day is going to get mad at something, somebody who does something nice for them. Yeah. 
So true. You know, so if you see that your spouse is having a particularly rough day or they're a little crispy around the edges, what can you do to fill their love tank? Mm. What can you do to turn it around? It doesn't always have to be a discussion about their attitude. Just do something nice for them. Show them grace, show them love. Yeah. Well, it goes back to, you know, you treat others the way that you'd want to be treated. Really, that's the foundation. Would you want to be treated in a way where you get, you know, verbally slapped around every time that you open up your mouth? You know, or would you like some grace to be poured over you because everybody has a bad day, you know, mm -hmm. at, at some point in time? So I kind of I kind of goes to to what you talked about at the very beginning, the whole foundation foundational piece here that that um that uh, what what do I want to call this? How how you can spot that you said from the very first uh, therapy session if a couple's going to make it or not, and that is due to how they're reacting towards their spouse is it coming out of love or not so sometimes that love gets a little wane <laughs> and then that's when all these things all these other horsemen creep in and make holes in our love tank right so and, and, and not just that you know we like i said before we come into into marriage um sometimes with a flawed way of interacting sure we're not healthy in our communication. We yeah. bring in these toxic traits of sh shutting down, of yeah. not expressing ourselves, of expecting our spouse to be a mind reader, of, of getting angry instead of talking things through. Um, we come into the relationship with some of these toxic traits. Yeah. And so it's we have a responsibility to learn ourselves and have some insight and understand how we can do better. Yeah. It's not our it's not our spouse's responsibility to fix us. We have to we have to do the due diligence within ourselves so that we can bring the best version of ourselves to the relationship. Because sure. ultimately when you marry somebody and it's not about you're not marrying them because they're they're attractive and the chemistry is good and there's lust. That should not be the basis for a yeah. marriage. Yeah. There are, there are four aspects of a relationship build when it comes to a marriage relationship. One is the initial meeting. Two is getting to know each other and friendship. Yes. Three is courtship. And fourth is intimacy. Yeah. So many people go from one to four and they bypass everything else. Yeah. And there's so much that is missed. And now they're in this relationship with this person that they're not really even friends with. They don't really like yeah, them. That's true. And it's because they bypassed one to four. Yeah. So if you find yourself in this situation, again, hope is not lost, but mm -hmm. there's there are things that you will need to do. Each of you will need to take responsibility and accountability in learning how you can better the relationship. What communication strategies you can implement to improve things and to and to know how to fill each other's love tank that is such a simple one there's a great book everybody knows about this book mm -hmm. dr gary chapman five love languages i recommend every yeah. marriage to read that book it is so insightful 
mm-hmm. um, so that you can understand your yourself and how you receive love and how you can understand your partner on how you can impart right. love too. So all hope is not lost if you jump from one to four. I, that's what I want to say. But it will take work because now you're going to have to play some catch up yeah. so that you can um, be friends because ultimately that's what you are in this relationship. Your best friends walking through life together. This is who you've chosen to walk through life with you, through the ups and the downs, to build your dreams together, to 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 raise children, to how, whatever it is that the Lord has for you. This is your partner in life. Yeah. And this that is not a decision that should be taken lightly at all. Absolutely. I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, but I have a, a very good friend of mine that um, was seeking counsel for uh, for her marriage. And um, at the time, her husband didn't want to go to counsel counseling, but she went for herself because she knew what her background was like. She knew what her upbringing was like, and she wanted to better herself. And she wanted to find out why, why am I the way that I am? Why do I react the, the way that I react? And so it was going to help her so mm-hmm. that she can in turn, you know, help herself in the marriage and and whatnot and hope of course that that her husband would would um would come to counseling as well to say that that she went through several counseling sessions and she came out of that just you know telling me you know wholeheartedly that she loved going although it was one of the most difficult things that she's ever had to go through she loved going because she learned so much about herself and you know, that there are so many things that she can now see why, you know, she reacts a certain way, or like you said, like, you know, she, you know, some people are angry because of something that happened in the past, or it could be something simple, (laughs) more complicated, whatever the case is, but you learn from that. And I think that that's so important, not only for yourself, like what she went through, but in, in a marriage, like you said, your spouse, there's there's no one that's going to know you as intimately as your spouse. They're your best, best friend. And you got to root for each other. You got to cheer each other on in life. And there's going to be some highs and there's going to be a lot of lows. And in the midst of those, you know, how are you going to, you know, sustain each other with love? How are you going to, you know, get past the rocky, the rocky places? the wilderness and dry, you know, areas and seasons of your life, you know? So I think it's really, really important for, for us to learn from each other. And, uh, and my goodness, I mean, we're only here in number three of the horsemen and that speaks, those speak volume, yeah, volume absolutely. to a, to a relationship. I'm sure that many out there that are listening to this now can probably say, gosh, you know, I can relate to some of these things. So, Wow pretty amazing. Thank you. It is amazing. And and when I came upon this research, because it's so concise in the way that they explain it, wow. um, it really just, it gives like a good roadmap yeah. of, of things that we need to implement in our marriages. And I include myself yes, um, because just because I'm a therapist, doesn't mean that I know everything and that I'm perfect in all of my interactions. You know, I have to be very mindful as well. And, and how I interface with my, my husband. Yeah. So this is, this is a really great reminder. 
Yeah, absolutely. You're we're we're human, and you know we we all fall fall short of the glory of God, right? We're we're all sinful human beings, and and we and let's be let's be honest, we're selfish, and we want things our way, done our way, said our way, you know, uh, just that's how we are by nature, right? So, um, the Bible's so clear when it comes to things like that, you know, is how we really need to work, how do, how we, we need to react out of love for one another, because really and truly that's the way we want to be treated. That's the way that we want to be, you know, interacted with, with not just our spouses, but with everybody. So, you know, th this helps, this helps a lot. We're number four then, right? Next. We're on number four. Uh-oh. Uh, so, <laughs> uh -oh. so does it get worse? <laughs> well, it, it does. <laughs> um, stonewalling so mm -hmm. it's just like what the word how what the word describes it's you have a wall yes now you're you have a wall and you're guarded against your spouse and it's this is usually a result of ongoing contempt yeah you're an ongoing defensiveness now you have turned you have retreated inward this is stonewalling uh comes as a result of hopelessness because you feel like no matter what you say things are not going to change no matter what you do, it's does it make a difference? They're not listening to you. They're not taking your needs into consideration. So now you have retreated inward. Okay. And you have completely shut down. It takes time to get to this place. This is not something that happens overnight. Um, we may feel like we're stonewalling in the midst of a, of a heated argument. Some people, they can't handle um, conflict. So they may retreat inward and shut down right. that's different than what this is okay stonewalling in for for the purposes of this is a, an ongoing it's ongoing and it's pervasive and it's just how you are living your life you come and go you don't really have that interaction that that intimacy anymore you're almost like roommates at this point wow. Wow. Um, and the interactions are negative. Like you're already anticipating a negative reaction. You're, you're avoiding, you're avoiding, you're emotionally avoiding. So if you, it, but it does start in the midst of conflict too. Okay. So if you find yourself that you're the kind of person that shuts down, it could very well be that you're the kind of person that has to process and you're more on the introverted side and you have to process information before you can give a response and you have a partner who's demanding information, but you're just, you don't have the words to give to them just yet. Mm -hmm. So you just shut down. It's easier to just shut down, get angry and push them away than it is to say, listen, I can't do this with you right now. I need a break. I need 20 minutes after 20 minutes. We can, I need to calm down so we can reconvene and we can talk about this. Um, or you may need to write out, what you have to say because putting your words into feel your feelings into words may be difficult for you okay so it's important that's why it's important to understand yourself yes and understand how you can resolve conflict in a healthy way that may be a good reason to go to therapy too is to understand how to resolve conflict in a healthy way too right because when you're when you're already shutting down and you're being bombarded people like they get like that they lash out they have a lash out moment and that is so toxic yeah so toxic so stonewalling is definitely um the last 
the last step before divorce. Yeah. So would you say it's almost as if you've got someone that uh, won't answer to their spouse uh, when their spouse is either being critical or demanding or saying whatever uh, to their spouse and they're, they're, they're shut down in a way where they don't even respond or they respond or they, they respond in a sarcastic way. Um, or this person that is stonewalling also will say, you know, what's, what's the point of trying to reason with you when you're going to find, you're going to always think you're those right. Those are perfect. Right. Those are perfect examples stonewalling is different than the silent treatment correct right so silent treatment is a manipulation mm. stonewalling um is what you're describing um and it could be done in a, in a malicious angry way or or it could be done as, as of just a person is just completely checked out they just don't even care anymore wow um, but it is definitely the last phase before divorce wow that's when they're running to the divorce lawyer when they've gotten to that point. Well, talk a little bit for a moment though. You said silent treatment and that that is that's I know something that's very prevalent in marriages. Talk a little bit about that though. To, I mean where where does that fall in in the four horsemen do you think? Do you think around the the stone fall? Um it around? could it could it could fall around the uh, maybe the contempt and stonewalling or I mean it could fall in any one of them. Yes. Mm -hmm. um because the silent treatment is really um there's there's a difference between giving yourself time to cool down yeah versus ignoring a person exists okay. when you're ignoring that a person exists you're treating them like they don't matter to you so that could it could fall under contempt okay okay wow but it's so detrimental all of all of that right of those right. Uh, reactions and 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 whatnot because it really is telling your spouse i really don't care i really don't care if we work this out or i really don't care if you know if we get divorced so uh, I, you know i i think it's helpful for for couples to understand this because if they find themselves in any of these horsemen categories um seek help absolutely yeah. absolutely seek help. seek help you you know you're you're not the only couple that's ever going to seek help there are tons and tons of couples on a daily basis that have to go seek help because if not they're going to destroy something that wasn't meant to be destroyed and and not only that like you mentioned earlier it's going to affect your children and my goodness i mean how many adults have repeated what their parents did because of the learned behavior that they saw at home. Absolutely. You can try to avoid that as much as you possibly can. I, I think it would be a great thing. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. We have a responsibility to our children too, we to do. teach them um, a, what, a, what a healthy marriage looks like. Yeah. And that was something that I really beat myself up about um with my first marriage because in my first marriage we, we had all of that <laughs> and we had all of it and um there was there was no rescuing that marriage 
Yeah. Um, and by God's grace, um, I do have someone in my life, my husband, that I can say he has my best interest at heart. Yeah. And no, you know, and we have gone through our share of, of struggles and, and issues, but at the end of the day, we can both say about each other, she has my best interest at heart. He has my best interest at heart. And like I said, that is really the key. If you can say that, and if Christ, again, is the center of your relationship, and you can honestly say and believe that your husband or your wife has, their, has your best interest at heart, you can overcome all of this. Yeah. Some of these are just maladaptive ways of coping with problems. Yeah. And they're toxic traits that we're bringing into the relationship that need to be fixed, that we need to take responsibility for. So yeah. there's there's hope if both partners are willing. Yes. Yeah. But you can't you can't force people. Yeah. You can't you can't force them. And that's and that's the real struggle as a Christian. Um, when you have someone repeating abusive behaviors yeah narcissistic behaviors yeah they're not going to change and they're unwilling to change yeah and now this is a prison that you're in and your children are in this prison too yeah and so it's it's a choice you have to make right it's a choice with with a lot of prayer and yeah. guidance um because god condemns abuse Yes. He, he condemns divorce, but he also condemns abuse. Yeah. Abuse is not of God. No, absolutely. Um, I think that we're going to need to do a part two for the seven principles I think of so a too. healthy marriage. <laughs> but that's okay, because we were able to really expound on the four horsemen. I think that that's that was important. So I think it's in a way it's really good that we did we're doing two two parts because then we could really hone in on the seven principles of a healthy marriage and and uh, but we understand now better what these four horsemen are all about. So really and truly, if there is anyone out there right that is going through a difficult time in their marriage, or maybe you know of someone, a best friend, a good friend, a couple of you know your friends that are going through a rocky time in their marriage, send this to them. And uh, if they, if, if they have any of these um, horsemen in their marriage, that's working uh, against them, uh, seek help, right? Absolutely. So that, uh, so that you can, you know, see, so that you can look for a brighter future in your marriage, because I think that really there there's, there's a lot of hope out there and there's a lot of uh, couples out there that need to hold on to hope. Right. Absolutely. And keep in mind, you know, when you, when you do seek help and when you do seek for a therapist, um, you may go to a therapist and it may just not be a good fit. Hmm. Therapists are human, just like you are. Right. You, it may not be a good fit for you. If you can assess that early on, it's okay to change therapists and go to somebody else right. because you want it. You, you, I had a couple in here that just came in recently that they split up and they went to a therapist that they were both very unhappy with both of the couple was the husband and the wife were very unhappy with this therapist. And 
it was actually detrimental to their relationship. Wow. And they actually ended up splitting because there was nothing done in the therapy, in the wow. therapeutic process. So if you if you are committed to to making the the changes and you just, you know, you come upon a therapist and it's not a good fit, that is okay. Quickly assess and find somebody else. Get recommendations. Right. Get recommendations um, to to make sure you're getting a, a good fit. Yeah. Don't don't let that um, deter you um, or discourage you. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie, do you uh, do therapies um, virtually as well, or I do. Um, I'm licensed in the state of Florida, okay. so I can provide uh, therapy throughout the state of Florida virtually. I do have an office in Tampa. So for clients that are uh, in Tampa, they're local, they can come in person. Um, and I also offer, uh, like I said, virtual. All of my information on my services can be found on my website, chosencounseling.com. Um, and you also could find my book, The Name Changer. Yes. Um, those that's, that's for anyone who um, is considering divorce or is going through a divorce process or has been divorced. Yeah. Um, it, it is a roadmap to healing because it is such a devastating and traumatic event. So yeah. it is, it is geared to Christian women and you can purchase it on uh, Amazon or barnesandnoble.com under the name changer, or you could put my name, Carrie C. Holman, it'll pop right up. Absolutely. And all of this information will be at the bottom of uh, the YouTube channel in the description section so that you can just click very easily on the links there. So Carrie, thank you so much once again for your wisdom, for all of the knowledge that God has just poured upon your life and how you helps help so many couples in you know throughout the years and even in this means, you know how this helps. This really does help, you know. And uh, so I appreciate your time. I appreciate you taking a moment to just chat with us. And I am already looking forward to the next session to do like a part two of this and uh, talk about, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about, uh, so we talked about the things that we can do to kill our marriage. Now we're going to talk about the things that we can do to actually help our marriage mm -hmm. and what healthy relationships look like. Yeah. So that gives you a little bit of a taste as to what we're going to be discussing next time. And I don't want you to miss that. I really don't want you to miss that. That's going to be really good. Share this message with your friends, uh, your families, like we said a moment ago, especially those that you know are going through a difficult time right now. And uh, I'm sure it'll uh, bless them. Get the book as well. And you'll see the links uh, below very soon. All right. Well, thank you again, Carrie. And uh, God bless you. Thank you all for joining us tonight once again on this segment of Table Talk. And we will be back with you really, really soon. I cannot wait. Amen? Amen. Bye.